You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Stuart Goldsmith and today I'm talking to Flo and Joan. Uh, Not their real names, but they are real sisters. This is a musical double act who have gone from zero to hero alarmingly quickly. They started out doing uh, Edinburgh, I think, before they'd even done any circuit gigs in 2014. And uh, they have just done the Royal Variety performance and have also got a fantastic special on Amazon Prime. In In a terrifying, I mean, what is that, 2014? It might even be 15. It's something absolutely disgusting, and we talk about the ridiculousness of that. They are really funny. They're really funny. You might know them from the nationwide adverts. There was some controversy there. They were, not really controversy, but basically a load of bellends sent them a load of hate mail. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Um, And although that is their kind of probably their biggest thing, they have some viral videos on YouTube as well, it would be easy to feel as a comedy professional, who are these upstarts who've suddenly turned up and are doing incredibly well? Well, I really want you to meet them because they are really funny. The Amazon special is excellent and uh, I think you're really going to get along with them. With thanks as ever to Angel Comedy for use of their recording space, uh, this is Flo and Joe. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. I, I very recently saw your Amazon Prime special, mm-hmm. which is like a Netflix special, but on a different platform. <laughs> Same but different. It's so great. Thank you. It's so great. Um, I, I suppose I was kind of peripherally aware of you, uh, probably firstly from the Nationwide advert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably specifically the concept of backlash to an advert uh, kind of was probably the first yeah. bit of marketing, bit of news story that kind of hit me as, mm. as not having heard of you before. And um, and so I kind of noodled around your YouTube stuff. And then when I saw this special, I went, oh, I get this. It's such a good piece of work. Thank are you. you nice. Are you proud of it? Are you? Do you feel like this is what we set out to make? It was a nice... Uh, we we used mostly the last year's show for it, which felt like it was the first show that we wrote being professional comedians, yeah. I guess. So it did feel like this nice culmination. And then we put in all the songs that we really loved as well that, from the beginning. Mm. So it felt like we just tied a little bow on a certain part of our Flo and Joan um, life span. Yeah, span. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was. Ama- and it, all the stuff in there is stuff that we loved. So. Yeah. Can't complain. We sat down and like, you don't really know what it's going to... We don't do... We I think we'd done like one bit of telly before we'd filmed it, maybe two. And they're always us doing live things in front of like a... Like the Melbourne Gala and Stand Up Central with the... We've never... We're not in control of any of that. Our keyboard gets wheeled out. We diddly around for like five minutes. That's... We don't diddly around. But <laughs> it's, there's a bit more skill than that. <laughs> Sometimes, not all the time. Um, and then you get wheeled off and you're done. So this was like a weird experience for us of being able to like... People asking us like, what do you want the curtain to look like? What what chairs do you want? And you're like, I don't know, just, just chairs. We just need... Why... Like, those kind of things feel weird that you get a say in. And then you walk in on the day when it's being filmed and you see like 
a million people working on it. It's so when you then watch it like that, it feels very strange. I, I don't know. I'm wombling around, but like you're having a diddle there. <laughs> it was it was really nice to watch it, and you but you still that it feels like a distant like it doesn't. I don't know. This isn't helpful. It was a great day. <laughs> It's it's really cool. it's just weird to I still find it weird watching us do a thing. Yeah. Um so it was it's a, when you do watch it we were quite lucky we it came out when we were up in Edinburgh this year. Um and our best friends who are Canadians were overdoing their first sketch show at the fringe. Um so we got and they uh, one of their members directed our first two shows and we've all worked together sort of throughout the years. So it's really nice to be able to watch it with them and to be with other people watching it so you can kind of watch them watching it rather than having to watch it yourself because I don't think I will ever be able to like fully remove myself from it being me and kind of watching through like fingers a little bit (laughs) I think but yeah I'm very proud I think is what I was trying to get at after 10 minutes yeah (laughs) it's it kind of makes me think I suppose well, you said there about the difference between seeing you guys live. I'd seen YouTube videos of you at, a, you know, like you say, at the, at the gala. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of, I, some ages ago, I'd sort of seen probably the 2016 mm-hmm. song, yeah. which is a big viral hit for you on YouTube. And um, and it, it seemed to make so much more sense to me in that, in, in that kind of, uh, you know, one hour special show. Because it's so well kind of... Every aspect of it is really well put together. Mm. Like you mentioned the curtain. Just the fact of the changing light on the yeah. curtain and the bulbs <laughs> and everything. And like you're, you're both dressed in a really, you're, you kind of look styled in a way that, uh, mm. or stylish in a way that... Thank you, sir. Then, Thank you. you know, it, like that seemed to complement the precision of the performance and the precision of... Um, bits like uh, like songs where one element of the performance is that it's incredibly difficult to learn. Presumably, mm-hmm. you know the one about long haired Linda, yeah, it's oh, sort yeah. Of, you know, or, or the Cracker Packer song, yeah. which almost seem like part of the joy of those is we've written and then learnt something incredibly fucking complicated <laughs> for the sake of it. <laughs> um, and I think those like it's so easy to like I, I felt like I watched that special and was like oh that's why these people who I don't really know that much about and I guess haven't been going for so long have got an Amazon Prime special mm. you you know you, it's one of those like <laughs> you get the list as a comic as a performer you get yeah. the list of like these people are breaking through now and you go well, I've never heard of yeah. these guys and I saw it and went, oh, I get it. <laughs> so what, let's, um, that didn't really turn into a question. But, but just, does, does that, do you know what I mean by that kind yeah. of like, it's it's easy to imagine you guys doing like high-end cabaret type mm. shows. Yeah. Because it all just looks so, <laughs> I know you are professional, but it looks so professional. It kind of, it kind of exudes professionalism. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That was very much up to the decisions of what we, I think when we had a meeting with the, about the, what it, what we wanted it to look like. I remember knowing what I wanted to see. I wanted like a dark, I think what I said was I want a darkness with a brightness. And I said, I want it to feel like if you were watching it and you saw a ghost walk past in the background, you wouldn't be surprised. And the person who we were meeting with was like, and we were like, do you get it? Like, just again, like we're not used to explaining these things to people of being asked, what do we want? How do we want it? And so we were trying to like give that kind of imagery of like a bit dusty and da da da, and explaining that to a professional who was like, let me talk to someone else about this who knows what they're doing because we just didn't. Yeah, we could see it, but they we were, just didn't quite understand it. And then we found someone else who was like, okay, yes, yeah, yes, yes. we were sort of going for. A, 
like an old vaudeville venue kind of vibe. That was where we started. Mm-hmm. We wanted like a dustiness, you know, like a a bit of a, a tatty red curtain, but also bright lights. I'm again. I'm explaining my situation very well, um, <laughs> and it didn't end up looking like that. But no, what it, so probably for a good reason. Yeah, with someone else being like, "I understand. I hear you. How about this instead?" You're like, "Oh, okay, cool." cool yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It was nice to be able to put it in an hour because I think people have seen us in very out of context. They've seen us do. Everything that is available to people is so different and so small. Um, so like 2016 was one thing, drank too much is another thing. Most of our people's exposure to us is nationwide, which is another completely different thing. Um, and so being able to sum it all up in one thing on our own, not our own terms because nothing else was on anyone else's terms, but to be able to put forward what we wanted to do in that uh, yeah. in an hour was really nice to be like, and here, here's a definitive sort of collection of what we do. And going forward, please consult this. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it, actually. <laughs> going forward, please consult this. This um, is th- this is the calling card now. Yeah. That you can go, well, that's that's what it is. Yeah. And let's, let's use that as the platform. So how long has it taken you to get to that? When did you start... When did you start making music together? <laughs> he said, having seen a video of you aged one and three. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, we actually, we started doing this f- uh, 2015. Yeah, March 2015. So four years. Just over four years. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Like, do you do you have a sense of that <laughs> yeah. that's ridiculous? It 100%. is mad, yeah, it is. We're, but... not, I, we're not unaware of the the time frame and the stupidity of it. And, and I'm, I obviously I'm going to stress, I don't mean it's unwarranted. No, 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 it's totally. It, it's, we're aware, we're very aware. We have, yeah, we know. <laughs> so what are the the factors going into that? What are your kind of secret weapons that's made that, pos- that's made that possible? I, well, I think the fact that we both have the same reference, we grew up together, so we have mm-hmm. the same reference points. We can predict. Have we covered that you're real life sisters? I don't think we I have. Don't think we've made oh, okay. sisters. You are real life sisters. We're sort of the same it's layer upon layer of like potential truths, and maybe like our names aren't Flo and Joan, but we are sisters, and we sort of layered lies and fairy tales on top of each other, and have never clarified <laughs> anything completely. People always still don't quite believe our names aren't Flo and Joan or don't quite believe that we're sisters. But we are sisters, gotcha. but our names aren't Flo and Joan. I'm just I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's my fault. No, um, uh, yeah, we have the, sa- the same, a lot of the same things make us laugh, which is easy. We're not, we're not having to, you can often predict what the other one's going to laugh at as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also surprised by the things that I find funny and you don't, mm-hmm. which you're very wrong about. Um uh, yeah, I think that there's a shortcut that we have, like a shared language, I guess, mm-hmm. that weird siblings do kind of just have a little bit of a shortcut language, I think, between I each think other. So. We didn't have to establish any, like we didn't have to become friends and discover that we have things in common to then say, oh, why don't we do a sketch at like, or however other people get together, I don't know. Um, but so that was a, it wasn't in a plan, like there was no grand plan. We didn't play music together when we were kids. I think... You often assume with siblings that we're like a kind of Mama Rose, Dainty June kind of kid. <laughs> we our mum was like dragging us around panto seasons together. Like, yeah, <laughs> we didn't do any, we weren't, we weren't, we didn't hate each other, but we just weren't friends until we were adults because we're really, really different. We weren't like, we didn't dislike each other. We didn't fight any more than like regular siblings would argue or anything. Um, but we weren't, there was no grand scheme of when we, we're going to do this thing together. This is our destiny. Okay. Because um, that would be, 
disgusting. <laughs> 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 Certainly, if it was real, it'd be the sort of thing you had to cover up. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> PR moves on. Almost that. humiliating. <laughs> but to, just let's just stay that with a minute of who you were as uh, siblings, as children. Like, just that is unusual. The fact that. It's not unusual. It's just not what it's unexpected yeah. to hear that actually you just you know you didn't you you weren't like super tight as kids or at each other's no. throats or something. You were just kind of what in what ways were you different? I was definitely more of an outdoorsy, sporty, popular. I wouldn't say popular. You were popular. I managed to be the funny person in the popular the popular crowd. group. Yeah. yeah, so that counts. So as I never popular. felt popular. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just I was just quite clowny. I think as a kid and mm-hmm. loved to play sports and you were very much um mm-hmm. indoors being um doing the better things which is reading books and I didn't read that many books when I was a kid you read so I many didn't. books Rosie did an English she degree smashed through Harry Potter like you wouldn't believe but everyone does it's Harry Potter I've never read Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I was just a bit I don't even know if I was quiet maybe I was quieter but not a quiet but I'm more quiet now than I was when I was a kid do you think? I was just in like a floaty group of friends who we were all, we weren't weird enough to be bullied, but we weren't popular. We just kind of floated around in the middle and went mostly under the radar, I think. So we were just different in that way and just had different, you liked sports and I liked, I was going to say you like books. I chose looks like <laughs> Matilda. <laughs> you had a nice house, a nice husband. Um, <laughs> now you two snap those children. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were just we just led different lives, and you would go to Hailing Island, and I would go to commercial road, like just like things what as kids. Those, we just Hailing Island. We're from Portsmouth, so okay. Hailing Island was like you go and have a little beach party on mm-hmm. Hailing Island, drink too much, uh, smell of ice, vomit juice, <laughs> um, run into the water, camp in someone's garden. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, your mum picks you up in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. That was Hailing Island. And mm-hmm. what was the other one you said? Commercial. Uh, we go to Commercial Road, so we just go shopping in Commercial <laughs> Road, and like <laughs> that was it. Look, Portsmouth is a hit town. It's got a Commercial Everyone Road. Everyone loves Portsmouth. M mm, and um, S. So yeah, Argos. we just didn't. I think it was only when we went. We went to separate unis, and then we were like, oh, we're quite. We would like I would come down. You, Rosie was at Lon- uni in London, so I'd come down to London, and I was in Cardiff, so she'd come up to Cardiff for a weekend and stuff. But also because you were like, well, that's just a thing that people do is they go and visit other people in uni towns. That's just a fun thing to do when you're 19. Um, we also did, though, have the same, I would say, the same interest in ent- forms of entertainment. Yeah, that's Like true. we'd watch the same TV programmes and go and see, listen to the same music. Well, a, a lot of the same music. Yeah. Lots of musicals, we'd always see those together. So we had that was what our, like, shared... Mm. a shared thing we could quote the whole of Parent Trap Mm -hmm. but when it came to weekend expeditions we'd stay very much apart (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. Um, just to pick up on the very first thing you said when you kind of I felt like just then you kicked into sibling mode like (laughs) do you know what I mean just like a few minutes ago whereby as soon as you started disagreeing with each other and it became like a very different sort of thing which I which was tremendous (laughs) fun to watch and I think probably we can talk about the nature of the relationship between you on stage mm-hmm. based on that, because you are, you know, not just musically harmonious, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yeah. there are, like, the, the 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 pinging back and forth between you, the front cloth patter, yes. uh, if you will, is, um, <laughs> is, and you know, we clearly know what I mean by that. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. such a, uh, for the uh, listener, it's that, I don't even know where it originated, it's kind of musical vaudeville so. yeah. coming out, the clown or funny character Hello, who comes out everybody. In, in front of the curtain <laughs> while Doctor they're changing Nick. the set. <laughs> 
It's basically Dr. Nick. It's basically not Dr. Nick. Dr. Nick from the So but we, we can talk about that, but I just wanted to come back to that moment. The very first thing you said was, um, uh, Rosie, you were saying, you know, I, I wasn't popular, and Nicola, like, you were popular. <laughs> so is, was, that a, was that a tension between you as children? I don't think it was a tension because I didn't, I didn't long to, it wasn't a thing that, I think it would be a ten, it would be, it would create tension if I wanted to be popular, but I didn't have a desire to be popular. So therefore I didn't get angry at Rosie being popular because why would you get angry at something that you don't want anyway? Um, which sounds very much like the words of someone who wanted to be popular. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say uh, it's fine. You said um, that. I'm very self-aware <laughs> to a point of self-destruction. So I know like, <laughs> but um, I think that, we didn't i think until now we have our we have our strengths and we ha- we're very much it sounds it's really i find it really difficult to talk about being in a sibling double act without it sounding very cliche and like a bit saccharine but we balance each other out that's how it works so rosie we always joke that like if flo and joe wouldn't work because rosie can't play the piano and i've got no personality but like which is not true but and was an initial joke but we rosie's more bubbly and i'm more still I think, would you agree? Mm-hmm. And so, and it wouldn't work if we were both bubbly or if we were both still. So yes. in, we've always just balanced each other out in that way, which I think is why it works because we don't, I'm never thinking I want to talk more and you're never thinking I wish I played the piano more because we'd die really quickly if either of us <laughs> wanted to do those things. My I fingers think. would crumble and burn. Rosie plays the piano in our new show and uh, has never has to ask me at the beginning of every sound check, how do I play this again? <laughs> <laughs> it's like three chords. <laughs> but you're both singers. You're both very accomplished singers. I don't know anything about music or singing, but you clearly, when you're doing that folk song or, I mean, the stuff yeah. generally, you know, there's a kind of like you you have a sort of talky singing style mm-hmm. for some of the numbers, yeah. and then you kind of change it up in a very neat kind <laughs> of, I don't mean neat, but like like it's very well... It's very well directed in terms of, perhaps by you, the the transition from like a textured bit to a different textured mm-hmm. bit. When you're into the folk songs, you, you know, it's like, it's really beautiful. You have that Thanks. kind of, you're both able to sing. You put the work into the instruments more mm-hmm. because you were less popular. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we still like, it, the music is very, I think a lot of people think that I write the music, but we write it to Like Rosie is a musician. She's an incredible drummer. Um, which is gotcha. a musician um, and plays the drums in our new stuff. Oh, but, excellent. Um, almost not as like a... She doesn't just play the egg shaker. She's a real musician. But like, we're both musicians. <laughs> Thank well, I mean, you. I, I really noticed. It's a difficult... I, do, I, I do mean that. To be fair, I've been, I've been shaking that for four years and I do every time I shake it, I get better and better. <laughs> <laughs> and I refuse for anyone to say that egg shaking isn't a skill. <laughs> it should have a degree. But no, we do do... We, do the music together like yeah. we know we are musically minded enough to know both of us know what is what works and what doesn't and mm. stuff but we're not I wouldn't say we're accomplished singers because that involves no. like we've Skill. never warmed up before a show we've never really taken any care of our voices <laughs> we don't ever I'm not a huge fan of musical comedy that's sung like a singer would sing it okay. um it takes away from the comedy we're very much comedy first and then Hopefully you sing in tune. We've just got musicality, I think, which... Mm. Um, I think... Sorry. No, it's cool. I think Lady in the Woods works for us because it's <coughs> not... Uh, because the melody is quite... Pl- it's, no, it's not plain, but our vo- we found a style of music that our voices sit well in where it doesn't have to have too much sparkle. Like, you don't have to 
try to sing like it's not like a pop song where you have to put an effort in okay that kind of folky music works for us it sits well in our voices and our voices yeah. sound nice together when we sing that style of stuff but then we've like listened to recordings of ourselves singing drank too much and we're like jesus christ like I sometimes that sounds horrible myself and want to rip I can't believe people are coming to watch us sing that badly sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't know the extent to which I uh, represent what proportion of your audience that I represent, but I don't know enough about singing to think anything other than, well, they can really sing. I mean, I think it's fair to say that neither of us at any point have been approached to audition for legit West End musicals. So I think that's indication enough that we can sing in tune and we get the job done. Yeah. We're not bad singers, but we're not being approached to be professionals. <laughs> get the job done. Yeah. Some singing will do the singing. We'll figure that out. la boobie boob. Meemaw, meemaw. Yeah. And in that, just to stay with that for a moment, with that song, The Lady in the Woods, the measured way in which the punchlines happen in which our not to give too much away but um the measured way in which we as a as a first time listener or audience first time audience for that mm. song realize what's happening laugh at what's happening and then you stretch us and kind of your your planning is just ahead of us and we just catch on exactly where you want us to and by the time you i mean i laughed out loud on a train (laughs) like surrounded by people when you did uh uh, there's more that is such a good and that's and that's such a it's such a knowing punch like it's a really like a mature kind of punchline you knew exactly what we were thinking Mm -hmm. yeah Talk to me about that and the construction of, to, to use that song as an example. Well, that that joke came in, I remember the um, before that There's More joke was in, the one step before that was never funny. Yeah. Um, and we tried to, we, we tried to make every step really funny. I think the reason that the There's More joke works so well is because the joke before is slightly, it's an audience who are like, okay, we've done it, we've the song is over. Yeah. So there was no way that we could we couldn't go back and make that joke funnier because then that joke wouldn't work. so it's just a case of how do we stretch the audience even further when they they're Don't want they're to be all, they're done they're done yeah. how do we make them not done and, yeah. and keep going and that song we wrote it in when we were living in Toronto and it was ten minutes long I wouldn't say ten it was edging on like eight I'd say to nine a solid minutes. eight and a half okay eight and a half sure and well, depending on how fast we sing it I guess um, but we. So we were doing it there and the Canadians could not, they could, you couldn't, we could have gone on for like half an hour and they were still like on board. It was bizarre. Odd. Every word, I every... almost lost respect for them. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't love them so much, I would have hated them. And then we brought it, we moved back and started, uh, we went into our first, it was our second Edinburgh show. So and we were doing our first ever shows in the UK as previews. And we did The Lady in the Woods and we're like, well, whatever's come before this, we know this is, this song is fine. I can't wait to sing it. And they, we lost them for the second half of the song. And so, and we tried it a couple of times and we're like, no, they're done. Like UK audiences were just like, no. And so I think that was where we also put in there's more. Mm. Or maybe it came in Canada. I can't remember. I can't remember. But it was, oh no, they don't like this. Okay, well, we have to shorten it, but we can't. How do we, how do we push them a little bit further than they want to be pushed? Yeah. But don't get, don't leave them bored like insane Canadian people. <laughs> So this is Flo and Joan. Absolutely lovely talking to them. Really, really funny and with real kind of poise. You know, they they it, it's 
it was no surprise really to think that they have that they're kind of forged in that improv scene in Canada um, because their stuff is just so well put together. It all feels like, you know, with some people you watch their shows and you think this person has got everything they've got together into this show. Like, I don't mean scraped, but kind of dragged every possible thing they could do and bang, it's a show. And then other people you think, oh, they've produced an enormous amount of material and chosen the best bits. Well, whether it's true or not of them, structurally, it certainly seems when you watch Flo and Joan that you go, oh yeah, all of this was a decision. I really recommend that Amazon Prime special. And they are, you'll be pleased to know, on tour from January next year. I think from January the 13th, 2020, they're going to begin their tour at the Soho Theatre. Baller move. And uh, and then they're going all over the country until I think even as far as March and April. So go to flowandjoan.com to find out about that. And you can follow them on social media at Flow and Joan, and as in A-N-D. Of course it is, because there is no ampersand on social media. See? I've been doing research. Um, now, there's going to be some extra material coming up as well, so if at the end of this hour you are desperate for more, we've got 30 minutes of extras exclusive to the Insiders Club, including, oh, there's some really juicy stuff, a tip their director gave them that helped them trend on Twitter on their first opening weekend at the Edinburgh Festival. That's worth your subscription fee alone. Um, the backstage story on those nationwide telly adverts, and we look at a sort of narrative structure that they've pinched from improv that they apply to their hour-long shows, which is part of the reason that when you watch one, you go, oh, this all just fits. It just looks like they've been going 10 or 15 years because everything is just measured out at the right way in the right time, like the beats of a, of a movie. We'll talk about that a little bit and they'll um, they'll tell you what that structure is and where you can find out more about it. And I also make them analyse each other's strengths and weaknesses. And there's some burps as well. So uh, 30 minutes of extras only for the insiders. Join at comedianscomedian.com slash insiders in order to get your hands on that and all of the other extra stuff. Now, a little shout out as well. I just want to do a, a mini ad for Alistair Beckett King, who you'll remember I mentioned during the Edinburgh Festival, I saw uh, his most recent show, which I absolutely loved. And if you're in need of a, a quick laugh, go on uh, YouTube and search for the, what it is, it's the somethingable ABK the unbelievable ABK. I can't remember. You'll find it. It's his own uh, Thundercat style intro cartoon, as if his life were a, um, uh, as if it were a, a sort of a, an eighties cartoon of that era. Well, listen, I've been watching him on Next Up, which you can do if you're a, a subscriber at nextupcomedy.com. You can go and uh, check out not only all of the other things I've been uh, talking about, but I've just been hoovering it up recently. And Alistair has got his debut show on there, the Alistair Beckett King Mysteries. And I just think you're going to love it. It was really making me laugh as I sat, um, I'm not going to say dejected, but in the gap in a corporate gig between uh, running away rather than having lunch with having dinner with the client, like you do the sort of call to dinner, and then you scurry away to your room and pace around for two hours, to putting on and taking off your tux and scribbling new jokes about uh, whatever the hell industry you're doing. I, I really spent a very entertaining half an hour, it's the first half of that show I, I saw at that time, um, with Alistair Beckett King. And if you like jokes about the vernal equinox and uh, also some some reason why vegan idioms don't work, 
uh, all delivered by a man who, let's face it, looks like a brass rubbing of an ancient king, then you will enjoy that too. So uh, you can get that at nextupcomedy.com. And uh, with Christmas coming up, you can actually gift people Next Up subscriptions. Talking of gifts, check this out. This was from Catherine Sadler. Um, She donated uh, a really fair whack of money. Do you remember before people signed up for the Insiders Club, they used to do occasional one-off donations, and some people would go in a folder called Super Donors. Catherine is one of them. She says, Hey Stu, finally, today I get to send you money. Here's why. I'm not a comedian nor particularly interested in comedy. A bold start, Catherine. At least I wasn't until I discovered ComComPod. I'm a Mark Steele fan and was searching the internet for episodes of Mark Steele's in town, which I subsequently located in its entirety on BBC Sounds. Uh, I found his appearance on your podcast, gave it a listen, and though bemused at first, found it fascinating. <laughs> I like the fact that she's put in all these little negs. Bemused at first. Good one to start with. Since then, I've been been doing the classic hashtag dip dip fuck it, <laughs> which I, I don't think we've used that hashtag. That's... I think she means she's chosen her best ones and then gone bollocks and gone back to the beginning. Starting with the few comedians I'd heard of. Tom Allen before he became the Bake Off monster. Uh, if uh, if you're new to this, if you don't know about this, uh, Tom Allen is now a murderer called the Bake Off monster. Um, youthful Acaster, wonderful Jeremy Hardy, brilliant to hear these snapshots of people I know from a few years ago, and brilliant via the power of your wonderful waffles, here we get to it, to get to know you along the way. I became obsessed with finding out why your firstborn is called the Boutros, I can't even remember, and vowed to listen from the beginning and send you a pound per episode for each show until I find out. Today was the day, she says, I reached episode 157, Nathan Caton, and there he is, the Boutros nickname for the first time, which is lovely because I didn't remember that that was the one. So thank you for that. She says, have £157 with my gratitude for opening my eyes to the world of the comedian. I can now spot a callback with the best of them. I will send more when I reach my next listening milestone. Meanwhile, having heard and laughed mightily at Like I Mean It regarding you as a very fine comedian, I will attempt to seek you out live. There, that's a waffle worthy of your postamble. Thank you so much. I realise now you signed Kathy, so uh, apologies for calling you Catherine, which I think I probably got alerted to on the email. Kathy Sadler there, an upstanding member of the ComCom community, and uh, of course, because she hadn't listened as far as the Insiders Club, uh, the genesis of the Insiders Club, I have now... Um, of, of course, if you want to drop 157 quid on me and accompany it with such a charming email, uh, then of course you get free membership of the Insiders. But honestly, it's your subscriptions I need, all right? So uh, <laughs> don't be tempted to follow in her footsteps. Thanks so much, Kathy. Slightly more waffle at you uh, coming soon after the conclusion of this episode with Flo and Joan. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
talk to me just briefly about Canada. Right? You mm. lived in Toronto. Yeah. And you just both happened to move there independently or that was a plan to move there together? What, we and, are, and when? So I moved to, initially I moved to Chicago for three months to do Second City over there. Um, and then, because you can only get a three month like holiday visa for the States, but I knew that uh, Second City had a school in Toronto so I could start my training in Chicago and then get a year visa or two year visa to stay in Toronto. Um, and you were supposed to go travelling with friends? Yeah, I, I was just working in a pub. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was supposed to go travelling around Southeast Asia. English degree. <laughs> English degree. <laughs> just put me in a coffin and send me away. Um, uh, yeah, I was supposed to go travelling. I just had money left over and then you looked like you were having fun. So I went out after. You were doing things that were fun to me, like the improv courses and writing comedy and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I went out. I just used this money because I didn't end up travelling went out and did similar courses to you just after you. Mm-hmm. You did three months and then moved to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I did three months after you. In Chicago. In Chicago. And then went to visit you in Toronto because mm-hmm. you'd stayed there and got a yeah. visa. It's all very convoluted. Classic younger sister move. Like, yeah. She looks like she's having a fun time. I'll do that too. <laughs> <laughs> did you I'll pay feel the that way. at the time? Uh, I don't think so. I think I, also, I think... I knew that she'd be good at it and I knew that she'd enjoy it. So, again, like, you can't be mad. It, there's, like, a tiny bit where you're like... I've done all the heavy lifting here of like researching this and figuring it out and saving and knowing how much I need and da 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 da. Um, but yeah, sure, I'll just forge you all my paperwork and you can just come on over when you're done. Mm. But like, <laughs> but like, when you know that someone's going to be good at it, you're like, I'm not going to be angry at you because you're going to love it. It was fucking cool. It was really, really fun. So I was like, yeah, all right, then come over. I've got a flat. Actually, I, d- I never had a plan to live in Toronto because I didn't. No. I didn't have a t- visa for Toronto. No, I went to visit you for a little bit, and I was like, "This is quite nice out here." It felt like a very quiet London. My only other choice would be to move back to Portsmouth or London and find a job there. Um, so I just ended up staying in Toronto till Christmas. From September to Christmas, I just stayed, <laughs> and then I then I started to apply for a visa because I felt like I could live there. Mm-hmm. And then we neither of us had jobs. Well, I didn't have a job because I couldn't work, but you had a... I had, like, just a thousand part-time jobs. Yeah, and then I think we just wrote... We were like, we'll write a song. We like musical comedy. Let's try it. Try it. We did a show. It was all right. We did a sketch. Actually, in fact, Jane... Jane. The first the thing. Jane, Jane. Yes, you know Jane in the, pri- yes, in the special. Yes. She was... The first thing we ever wrote. The first thing we ever wrote. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Played in a dusty little basement. And that's box. not. There's no music in that. That's a kind of no. acapella. Yeah. I mean, Just it is. Kind of it's not. It's, yeah. I mean, acapella is probably the right word because it has a music. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, then we just stayed out there and it was going well. So we just. Yeah, I don't think we ever say. gave it too much thought. No. We just did it. We were I don't also know just doing like, to. we were both doing improv and sketch and stand-up. Because you're there and you don't know anyone. So you're like, well, we can try it. And if we're shit, no one will find out about it. It's fine. So it's a really safe place to just try everything um, and find the things that you were good at and the things that you weren't so good at and the things where you're like, oh, well, this works for us. Not many people are doing it and we really enjoy it. So let's just keep on trying it. And we did other things alongside it, but that, was, that became the... Uh, the thing that we did mostly. Yeah. That's a really. <laughs> Sorry to spoil the trod on your high five. That was no, a it's okay. If anything, <laughs> we should cut that out. <laughs> um, there's. I, I just want to underline what a great solution that is for a. Or what a great strategy that is for someone that doesn't really know exactly what they want to do. Do it, Just try as many things as possible 
and then find a thing that you're good at that no one else is doing and let everything else fall away. Yeah. And then suddenly you look like a genius. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. actually, what you did was you just stuck with the good we stuff. We just did one that. thing, yeah. I did the yeah. Same. <laughs> it makes it so much easier than trying to force people to watch you do characters that, yeah. that aren't as funny as your musical comedy. Mm. We had a sketch in that first show we ever did, and it was a shit sketch. Oh, a so darling it. Sweet Angel Hole, it that one. It was so quick. <laughs> Why was it so What was the sketch? It was just shit. It, it was, was just crap. It was about travel agents that shut down. There was a travel agent at the end of our road. <laughs> and um, I was like, who the fuck goes into this? Like, was it still a travel agent about two old, weird ladies who still... I'm convinced this travel agent should be. They were just yeah. smoking like that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was horrible. It was, it was shit. I need to see video evidence of that. Yeah. It was just really bad. So we did it once. No one laughed, but they liked the song and they liked James. We were like, cool, that's an easy. We've got one out. Never we don't have another to do sketch sketch sketches. Again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and going into that experience, for you, Nicola, as a, like you clearly the, the, the master plan maker. Um, <laughs> Not anymore. The, uh, the, like deciding to spend three months doing Second City, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big. Uh, commitment to an idea so yeah. was that like a, a thing that you when did you dream that up was that like since you were a kid you were like I want to perform I want to perform comedy specifically or no I went to write I don't didn't really have any interest in I'm not a good perform I we figured it out for Flo and Joan but being other people is not my jam I'm not an actor I have no desire to act um, that sounds like I'm being modest but I'm actually a phenomenally bad actor it's just fine I don't care I'm okay with it um, but I so I wanted to write I wanted to write for TV shows and but American TV shows because I was watching I found 30 Rock online mm-hmm. and just fell in love with it I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen and through that found Saturday Night Live when I was like 16, 17, 18 um, and just loved it and so I went to uni to do music and within months was like I hate this it was just very it wasn't it was just uh, not for me but I wasn't good at anything I wasn't bad at anything else but that was the thing where I was like well I'm going to do music I'm good at music um, but it was very classical and blah 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 and I just wasn't interested but when when I lost interest in music I found American comedy and was just obsessed by it um, and I think I started writing like little parody songs, but they're just sat on a hard drive. Like was never, they were never shown to anyone, never didn't do anything with them. Um, but was like, Oh, I think, I think like every comic starts out where they're like, well, I make my friends laugh. Well, I, does that make me a funny person? Or is, are my friends just kind or whatever? Um, so I was like, well, if I can make them laugh, maybe this is, there's something to it. And then I found out about Newsjack and so submitted my first package to Newsjack and got a joke on was like, cool, I'm not an idiot. Like, I think there might be something here. Submitted a million packets since, never got anything else on afterwards. But it was like, that was like, <laughs> classic. But it was enough to have one that I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not insane. So maybe this is a thing that I can just look into. And uh, rather than just try and figure it out, I was like, there are places that will teach me the style of comedy that I want to be doing, which is American comedy. And that was Second City. So I was like, well, that's where, that's where I'll go to do it then. And I can learn improv and writing and all of these things in the style that I like there was nowhere else to do it and I wasn't I was never going to have a career in music I mean until now but like in as a um like a don't want to say serious musician that's not the right word but in the kind of classical world or whatever that was never going to be a career for me like there was just I'm not good enough to do it in that capacity um but yeah I just found this other thing uh and yeah I just went to Second City and was like I'll try it and if I'm crap I'll come back and do something like I'll just go back to my day job that'll be fine um, so yeah, that's sort of how it was. I think there's just you just have a little thing where you're like, well, I think I might 
this might be a thing and I'll have to try it. I can't sit back just thinking, like thinking I, I, could, I could always do it and then never trying it. And I had nothing, I literally had nothing to lose. So yeah, you just do it. And you're stupid when you're 20. So you're like, I'll just do that then. And something, I'll fall, hopefully I'll fall on my feet. And if not, we'll just start again and it'll be all right. And having sent someone on ahead... Goodbye. What what was your relationship to Second City before Nicola had gone to it and checked it out? Had you ever heard of it? Were you into the same like Thirty Rock and that kind of stuff? You'd shown me a lot of. uh, I had no idea about Second City until you found out about it. You showed me loads of SNL videos. The um, Janice, 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 Janice. Yes. No, I just sound like a widow. <laughs> okay. And uh, like, yeah, just Kristen, Kristen Wiig and Gilda Radnerish stuff. Um, and then was interested. I, I found all of that funny. Parks and Rec and those kind of American shows. Um, yeah, I've always liked improv as well. I I liked Whose Line Is It Anyway and things like that. Um, I liked char- doing characters and things like that. So I just thought it might be a good fit. And then uh, I tried writing and stuff there as well because I'm probably less of a writer that, than you are. Um. <laughs> I don't think you... I think that you think that, but I think you're a really good writer. I don't I don't know. I get too distracted. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, it just felt like a really great fit. Really loved it. And I saw shows at Second City that I and IO, the improv theatre. Yeah. Improv shows just on like a... Saturday night at 11pm when you're a few drinks down that I could remember lines from I can remember the character they did I could just the most amazing stuff that I'd, I'd I'd ever seen you're watching it on stage like how is this not a script this is insane and I just fell in love with it as soon as I got to Chicago and what is the fundamental lesson that you both took from individually from mm. Second City think it would I don't on like a technical level I think it's taking the smallest idea and walking it as far as you can I think mm-hmm. on like a technical note on like a general note I think it, it's so silly but it's the saying yes thing of just being like being positive being a good mm-hmm. like when we go out stage where it's like we always act as a team and try and move if one of us does something weird the other one continues the weirdness together until it spirals and then the other one shuts it down um I think yeah being saying yes to things I know Mm. it's the most cliche thing but saying yes I also think the I mean I don't think I don't know how well we deal with it now but the fate like failing is a thing that I think I'm less scared of because we've I've failed at so many things they're like writing scripts that people read and no one laughs at in front of like a whole class of people and doing I did improv very briefly and was crap at it but learning that way of like that's fine like of not getting laughs when you expect like the failure failing and still walking away the other side and being like well I've got another show tomorrow so I've got there's I've got no option I've got to do it again of not giving up on those things I think and also the failing being the failing is often the funniest part of the Mm -hmm. the scene or whatever someone doing something wrong is often that little gift that allows you to just mm-hmm. run that run that idea for a really long time they're my favorite bits when you something goes terribly wrong and then you have to bring it back they're my favorite bits sabotage mm. <laughs> yum 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 <laughs> 
so you're in Toronto, you've started mm-hmm. making little shows together and sketches and mm-hmm. stuff. So what's the timeline from there until Amazon Prime special? Like, what are the key moments in that that, that made that happen? Edinburgh? Um, Edinburgh, yeah. we did our first Edinburgh in 2015. 16. 2016, you're right. Yeah. Um, we went after three months and we're like, well, give it a go. Did you? <laughs> no, 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 we did, no, no, no. Um, We've been doing it for, for nine... Just over a year. Just over a year, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, like when we say we've been doing it for just over a year, it was I think there was like six months between our first gig and the next one. And right, right, that kind of stuff. But sure. we we had about I think we thought we had an hour of material. We probably had about forty seven minutes of material. Um, and I'd been to Edinburgh in two thousand and twelve, and we'd both gone together in two thousand and thirteen, having literally just discovered it and wondering why the fuck we'd never been before. Um, and so I'd always said I'd like to take a show there. I didn't know at the time what that was going to be. Uh, so when we had about this much material, I was like, I think we should do it. Because um, we also knew we were going to be moving back to the UK. So we were like, we need to check if this stuff, if we're funny over there. Because if we're not, we might as well just either pack it in now or start applying for a Canadian visa to stay forever. <laughs> um, so we did... Uh, we did our first Edinburgh. I remember not really wanting to go... I think you floated the idea past me, and mm. I was like, I don't think we need to, like... It's a lot of hassle. Just yeah. like for, we sing these songs in like tiny audiences, we don't have a clue. Mm. And then I think we just tied it in with seeing people in the UK as well. So I was like, yeah, oh, let's do it. It'll be, yeah. That uh, sounds like the perfect way to do Edinburgh. It's naive. Naive and yeah. with no fear as a yeah. result. True. And kind of working it in with seeing friends. Yeah. Like, it was a bit of a jolly. We had, <laughs> well, yeah. Free ho- not free holiday. It was a very expensive holiday. Yeah. Um, we had no idea as well. I think it's probably a good thing for us, but we had no idea about the first show that you take or like the newcomer show. We had no idea about that. Clue. So we just went with essentially our newcomer show. But, um, yeah. Off, like it was our first show. Uh, yeah. No we idea. didn't realise that people drip themselves through, not in a bat, I'm not saying this is a shade way, but people go and they do 10 minutes and then the next year they do 20 minutes. Sure. And then they do, like, we were just like, well, this is what we've got in mind. We were like, take kick it. the door down. I think, was it the first day we like, we had the wrong plug for the piano. So we went to do our tech and blew on the piano. The piano didn't arrive, did it? That was it. The piano got lost. We blew the plug. We had to run our own tech. We had no idea. We'd like, asked a friend how to turn on a tech board in the newsroom. Like, we just didn't have a clue. But it was also quite nice. We were just like, we'll see. What was your venue? The newsroom. I mean, the news, uh, which is, is that Leaf one of the Street? roundhouse things? No, it's, it's the same um, thing. Laughing Horse. It's off um, off the... Princess Street? Princess Street. Okay. Towards Leith. Yeah. I know it, yes. Okay. Mm. What else? Near the, near the cinema? Yes. Yeah. By the Omni Centre. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 10 p.m. Yeah, it was, was in, it was perfect. Mm. Really, it was. I, we couldn't have asked yeah. for more because no one knew who we were. But it was because it was a free show and it was at ten pm. It was quite easy to con- no. That's a lie. It was not easy to convince anyone to come and see it. But it's an easier sell for people when they're like on their way home to be like, do you want to just see one more show and it's free? So if it's shit, you can just leave and you won't yeah. spend any money. So I think that worked well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, what size room? Oh fuck no! No, what? However many you want, I don't. We know. Know. It got to the point where we were just like we would just cram people. We had yep. people sat like on the stage behind us once because we were like, if you can't, if you want to stay, this might be a huge health and safety risk. But there are chairs. We had like loads of chairs just behind us on the stage, and we're like, we don't move, and we don't. We're very stagnant, and we are very expressionless. Stagnant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like you're not. But if you can't see our faces, you're not missing. At this point, you're not missing anything. Still, now you're not missing anything if you can't see our faces. Uh, so we were like, if you want to stay, you can. You can just sit around. It felt like a weird story time. Yeah, it's fucking um, weird. But so, but 
We'll yeah. just cram it. Just as if people whoever wanted, to, wanted come to come in, they could come in. So yeah. this is year one, and you're having to cram people in onto the stage because <laughs> not it's so every busy. night. <laughs> so, okay, but what did you feel like? Hang on, we've got something. This is working. We what were, were those first couple of shows like? We were really scared. Without we were talking to our director Ashley um, before we left, and she'd said, "What is your biggest fear?" And at the time we were just like, we're scared that no one will come because we'd both been to Edinburgh and seen shows where we were like, this is not good. And um, so we were, it makes us sound like dickheads, but it was, I think it was coming from a night, a hugely naive place as well, where uh, in your first year, you think you're the best person in the world until some anyone else is like, you're not, you've been doing this for five minutes, like calm down. But yeah, I think we... So well, the, got, more, the, the biggest sign is if you if there are more people than there were the night before, something good is happening, and it just yeah. got it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it just helped it because it's a free show, and people are always excited to recommend things. And if it's free, when they're free shows, people will take a risk on it because mm. if they don't like it, they haven't spent anything and they can leave. So I think we were just very lucky. I don't maybe not lucky, but it was we were fortunate how it played out that. I think when people like, we're the same, like you find something at Fringe and you're like, I've never heard of this person before. This is the best thing I've ever seen. You want to tell everyone. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what we were, but you're just excited maybe to tell people when you found a thing that you personally like. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but if one person likes it and they want to recommend it. So I think that just helped us in our first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we signed with our agent at the end of that fringe which helped but we're like we're going back to Toronto for a year so nice to meet you but see you in July um and then that November was when the 2016 song went viral which then bumped us again I think which is uh, it's you doing a rundown of the year 2016 <laughs> yeah and it's, and it's it's kind of like um I heard someone describe you as YouTubers no, like you don't. Oh, but then I, I kind of looked gross. more into it, and I was like, "You're not YouTube." We've got two videos on YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> but but it does look like a YouTuber video in that yeah. you you're either at home or in a domestic situation. We're like, in our not, shitty basement flat. Yeah, it's not a studio. There's pictures on the wall, and it's yeah. the two of you, and you're kind of visibly reading the line yep. the lyrics <laughs> under we the had, line of it. it yep, yeah. Like, know, not I, in a bad way, but it looks it, it has those <laughs> qualities that you go, oh this feels genuine. Yeah, it has that yeah. authenticity that YouTubers strive to contrive. It was <laughs> yeah, like you know, balanced right. on top of like eighteen books and just any tall thing that we could find with like the camera just balanced between like five mugs and super glued to like <laughs> your laptop. We had to like support your laptop so we didn't it was just about to lean over there. <laughs> and it was we were both in full time I was in a full time job and you were in a nighttime job. Yeah. So we were having to I think we recorded it at like one in the morning. We were having yeah. to find these like pockets of time. So oh, just I remember God. being so frustrated. The people in the in the apartment above must have wanted to us. have burnt us um, going through it so many times so many yeah. times just smashing symbols <laughs> being like for fuck's sake why can't we get this right it's so many words we weren't going to learn it because 2016 was over in a month's time and we had one gig left in the rest of the year so we yeah. were never going to perform yeah. it anywhere interestingly we played a gig the day after uh, the few days after it blew up and the gig was to five people six people maybe <laughs> that was it was just a lovely um a lovely insight into the internet and then also normal life yes yeah. talk to me about that viral moment of it blow like what's the first like do you do you check back in with it and go oh jesus look how many or like how yeah. did you know what what did that feel like when it first started going off it was we did a we were both rehearsing for a a different show that we were doing so we'd put it up very quickly in the morning i think we had 
it it sounds like the fucking movie moment, but we were like, I think we had like 760 followers on Facebook and we put it up and we're like, wouldn't it be cool if we had 800 Facebook followers by the end of the year? And it sounds so lame and contrived. So we went off to this rehearsal, didn't look at our phones for like three or four hours and then got them back out and we're both at a break and we're just like, what? It was the first moment was when someone commented in it that, I, that we didn't know. Yeah. And I was like, who is this guy? And I was looking at his profile. I, we've got no mutual friends. I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah. And then it started to just hey, get... we should lock this down to private. Yeah. 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 this? I don't like strangers. And then, yeah, it was just getting, it was just getting messages from people being like, my university professor just shared this and he lives in Vancouver. I don't know how he knows you. Just like yeah. lots of that and then articles coming out and things. I just turned my phone off and yeah. went to my job. It was so stupid. It was yeah. really, for about three or four days, it just didn't stop. Mm. You it, turned your phone off. Like mm-hmm. it would, I, I think in that situation, I would be like, oh, I'm just going to check again. I think every right. now and again, yeah. like every once a day or like when I get from work, I'd have, I'd check. But I, I, what can I do? It's just strangers talking and people were just yeah. arguing on a thread about... Yeah white supremacy and shit and you're like I don't I can't I don't need this yeah I would leave me to my life yeah it's also like that first moment of seeing like seeing other people have an opinion on a thing where you're like that's a weird thing and when it was you would just refresh it and there would be like a hundred more comments like it was just it just gets out of control so quickly that you can only turn off notifications because you'd lose your fucking mind I don't and you'd you'd lose your mind reading them and also just becoming it would be so easy to become obsessed with it mm-hmm. um mm. especially because we were like because we'd never seen it so you're there's like the side of it which is fascinating where you're like the internet is insane like you're just refreshing it and each time you're like this is people have too much time on their hands the internet is insane what the fuck like just that morbid fascination of like why are people doing this and then on the other hand you're like i've you're hemorrhaging hemorrhaging your own hemorrhaging hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging your own time reading things where you're like, I'm never going to meet this person. I don't care what they think. Not I don't care, but you're... No, a lot of the cases, yeah. I don't care what your opinion is about this thing. So yeah. I don't need to read this. So it is insane. And then it's all too quickly, it like disappears. And you're like, cool. That was the nice thing about it was that, because we only recorded it as a video because we knew we didn't have any gigs and we knew that the song had a shelf life. So the only way for it to exist was to put it online because we weren't ever going to play it anywhere. Um, which was nice because then by December we were like, cool, that's done. We never have to talk about that song ever again, <laughs> um, which mm. was very nice. I don't know how social media people do it. No, it's I don't know. fucking ridiculous. Proper YouTubers that... Oh, mm. it's grim. It is grim. It's grimy weasel. <laughs> and presumably that was what you were aiming for, though, when you released the song. No. Like, best case, loads and loads of people see it. Well, yeah, that that is best case, and it like it does boost your, it boosted our Facebook. We had eight hundred thousand Facebook followers by like the next eight hundred thousand. Calm down. That's a lie. Eighty thousand. <laughs> Eighty thousand. That's my, right, my it was, But it was like some like ridiculous. <laughs> Excited. Eight million followers. Every one of them is going to be a nurse in the Conservative Party. Um, I don't know. That makes no sense. Um, but, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm political. No, I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of. It increased our, our our profile. Was that what you were saying? I can't yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. Um, it, we did get it. We well, shied away from it afterwards. We were like, we definitely didn't put any more videos up for a while yeah. after that. I think because that's, that's what so you. Funny. I think if you're not expecting, because we'd done. I think we put up one or two videos before, which were like I think probably filmed at Edinburgh, like because we. 
because we had friends who knew that we were doing this but couldn't see us doing it because they were all in the UK. So we put up like one or two just to be like, here's what we're doing. And it gets shared amongst your friends share it. Maybe their friends see it and then it stops. And you just assume the same thing is going to happen again. And that's like that's what you assume is going to happen. Like we didn't put it up thinking like this is going to make us famous. Like because firstly it didn't. But also like that's just such a fucking gross way of like when people are like, how do you create a viral video? It's like, well, if you're trying to create one, like that's weird. That's such a weird, famey. I think that's the thing that lots of people have now where they're just trying to create content to go viral with the intention of trying to go viral. Whereas we were just like, we've been writing these songs and this one has to come out soon or we'll, it will have been a waste. So it's, yeah, I don't, we weren't expecting it, which sounds naive and stupid, but we just weren't. You don't expect that to happen. So in the, the timeline of you, because it's only just a very few years, you did that first show. Was it after that that the 2016 yeah. video went viral? Yeah. And then when did the nationwide ads happen? Was that before your next show or after your next show? That was after. after. We did a 2017 show, Kind yeah. of Stranglers. Great in... title, by the way. I love that. Thank you Thank very you. much. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was in the Tron. Yeah. That was a really fun month. Then Nationwide happened after that. In okay. I, th- I think it was in the November of that. November again. Yeah, because yeah. we literally we'd moved back. T- our Canadian visas ran out. We moved back to the UK in July. Did end did Edinburgh in the August, and moved then back moved, to London. moved to London in September to start trying to gig here, not knowing anyone. And then we got Nationwide in November. Yeah. So how do you cope individually and together with kind of creative blocks? Or with a sort of, um, you know, do you have kind of long dark nights of the soul regarding <laughs> the job? I don't think I suppose so. you don't because you've only been going 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> also that, we've never had a conversation of, what if we split up? There are um, still the shit times where you're like, I'm the least funniest person in the world, let's yeah. not do fringe. <laughs> yeah. Go on, and how do, you, how, do you cope, how do you cope with those? We both agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think, <laughs> I don't know whether, it, I think it's, Maybe like a, a a bad trait of ours, but we're it's a sabotage thing sometimes mm. where we're like, oh, well, let's just go on stage and be shit then. Let's just go and do it. That will be fun, won't it? And then you just go, then you go and do it. And it's it's a, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I think we've never had like we've never done like a long. We've talked about not doing Edinburgh. Um, that's always been a thing, but there's always. We're, very, we're usually on the same page, but one of us will bring like the reality of not doing those kind of things. I think. Mm. And what is the, What do you mean? That well, for us, like for Edinburgh, we because we don't uh, do a lot of TV work or um, radio work because there's two of us, and it's sort of those platforms are not available to us, which is fine. Um, we some one of the ways we can make our money is by touring, which we love touring. Um, but if we don't write a new show for Edinburgh, we don't have a show to tour, so then we have no income for the next year, which sucks. <laughs> Actually, no, it doesn't suck, but that's, like, the reality of our... It's not as easy for us to be like, well, we we just won't do it, and then hopefully, like, we'll book a couple of... I'm also not sh- saying this is shade on anyone else at all, but, like, it's not... We can't just say, oh, well, we won't do it because we've got Mock the Week coming up, and then we can do Cats and da-da-da-da. Sure. Like, those opportunities... We can't assume that those opportunities are available to us because they mostly aren't. Um, so not doing Edinburgh is a much bigger thing than just, oh, we won't do it and we'll pick up the snack somewhere else. That's mm-hmm. not... And also we love touring. That's like the most fun part of our 
and are doing you, it. Are you mid-tour at the moment? Is the tour just started? We've October? Got, yeah, yeah, we did a couple of <clears throat> seven or eight days before Christmas, but as of January, January, February, then we sort of kick off all the way through till mid-March. No, no got Melbourne. All right, yeah, as time. in we're tour, touring in the UK. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which and we like doing it, and so we like writing new material. But the pressure of writing it for Edinburgh is hard, we well, I'm so dealt bad with it very well. Writing with deadlines is really the hardest thing for me. I don't know why. It's just I don't know if you. Some people thrive on deadlines, and I absolutely. I need deadlines, and you don't mm. like deadlines. Oh, that sounds like hell. We had yeah. a, a, a heated discussion about it this week. <laughs> yeah. Of like, we never fight, like we never argue, but like Rosie was. You feel that uh, having deadlines makes Rosie. I lose stressed. my sense of play. Yeah, because right? I feel like I now have a job that I have to do by this time. But when mm-hmm. the, when the world is just open for you, then you can be like, "What about this song about a swan that gets stuck in a shoe?" And you don't have to <laughs> think I have to write this swan song by yeah. f- Friday. And that's when it gets shit for me. Whereas I need deadlines <laughs> because if I don't have deadlines, I won't write anything. <laughs> and I like to feel like I've done this much by this point to feel like I'm moving forward. You need to book Nicola a load of fake gigs that don't exist. <laughs> yes. That why did you say that out gun. loud? Yeah, sorry, sorry. And why are you on Text her me. side? Why are deadlines on her side? Thank you for being on my side. <laughs> both benefit because that's, also true. that's, that's creatively true. efficient, isn't it? If you think oh, you've got a deadline, sense. deadlines are kind of that's mutable. That's so true. That's true. Okay, maybe you start doing that. Stop putting things in our diary. I'll book something. You'll be like, "Well, it's absolutely what Stuart told us." Not a chance. You lie in wait, and then you bring it up. You start doing it secretly. Oh, very Turkish promoters been in touch. You speak to him. We're coming to Turkey. We need a fresh get those new songs ready. I don't know why Turkish. I just don't think we have. I'd go to Turkey for sure. Okay, it's hot out there. Tell them now. Tell them now. Um, politically, politically very yeah, quiet. There's not a lot going on out there. It'd be a great place to sing comedy songs. <laughs> what do you want ultimately in the end before you die? What do you want? <laughs> ultimately? Seem to have more weight there than I meant it to. But what do like? Let's assume that you want to tour for the next ten years. Mm-hmm. What do you want after that? Have you any idea? Have you any inkling of like some sort of master plan? I don't think we have a master master plan. We were quite lucky in that a lot of the things that we had in a master plan, we got to do quite quickly, which sounds like a brag now that I'm saying it, so I'm kind of embarrassed. But like, we can establish that. I mean, we have established this okay. has happened very quickly. But like, yeah. You deserve it, it's warranted. Cool, thank you. Know. you. Um, so it was things like you wanted to do Melbourne, I wanted to do JFL. I've always wanted to do the Royal Variety performance. That was on my like before I die. Um, and we recorded it last week. Did you? Yeah. Oh, there was me. I didn't know. That wasn't, that wasn't a hot tip. That was an yeah. example. Um, ah. So that was my, like, oh, wow. before I die. Oh, you allowed I to die. tell me that? Are you allowed to yes, tell me that? Yes, yes. Uh, I don't, I mean, I can't say whether we've made the edit or not. I don't know that I yet. I think we sure. have. I think they I don't want to say it just in case at the last minute. Okay. Um, when, but when, we, when will you know? When is it? I don't even know. It, 10th of December. Yeah, 10th of December, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'll get a steer on the. I'll, I'll I'll make sure this this bit doesn't go out. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think those were some of the ones that we were like. Holy shit! How was that? It's fucking wild. Because that, isn't it like the audience for that? I don't. You know more than me, but it isn't the audience for that like ten times any other TV show. Like it connects to the entire world in a way that I think so. It's almost the internet. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that. Um, it's something. I think it's you. We were told that by a lot. We spoke to a few comedians who had done it, who had told us it's not a, uh, it's not going to be your favourite gig you ever do because mm-hmm. it's 
the audience aren't a comedy audience and they're having to adjust their brains from like uh, and they've just seen a dance number. Yeah, they've like seen, yeah. I think we, fifty people swing children around a room yeah, dressed then, in gold Greek outfits. And then Emily Sande sings a sad song and like a very beautiful sad song. Like their brains aren't wired to reset themselves, or they do reset themselves each time, but there's no uh, they have to reset. So they it takes them a while to warm up. And if by the time you've done your three minutes, then goodbye. Um, so we were sort of told like play it for the cameras and don't worry and it was quite nice to be told like yeah. it's probably so it's not jarring if you go out and no one's laughing because they were like it's not going to be like the fun one but like play it for cameras and if no one's laughing then hopefully you'll either get cut or they'll put something on it um, but it was really fun I think that like we didn't die on uh, Robert, we had Robin Romesh were the hosts and right. I think they really brought like a relaxed easygoing energy yeah. that just we, we we had a really great time yeah I thought we were going to eat shit with a yeah. golden spoon on the stage, but... Golden spoon, but, like, when you hold it in your hands, it makes your hands get black afterwards. 100%, like a, a yeah. ring from each You get hand. green hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, we actually had a really nice gig. It felt mm. like a. It felt like you were playing to a comedy crowd, which mm. was oh, not expected. And Kerry Godleman did it and blew Absolutely the roof off. off. And Frank Skinner blew yeah. it off. Like, it was... Everyone came away being like, that was unexpected. We'd all prepared for the worst. Yeah, it was wow. a really great gig. Wow. Thank God. I mean, yeah, we'll see how it comes out, but... It for the for what we had prepared ourselves for. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I don't. So, so we don't have to worry about that one. All of your ambitions. Um, just death. Yeah, death. I guess we'll just keep writing weird songs. Lots of things just ha- like we got to do live at the Apollo, and we didn't think that was something available to us mm-hmm. because we do musical comedy and it's very stand-up centric. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to... we ha- we've had things come towards us that we've been like, oh my god, I never thought we'd be asked to do this. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of, f- at the moment, fly a bit. <laughs> we just carry on writing stuff and Have see what done, comes. Did you do JFL? We yes. did do JFL this year, yeah. Yeah, that was really fun. It was really lovely because we did our warm ups for we did um, we did our warm ups for the gala in the same theatre that we when we were starting we would go to Montreal Sketchfest, uh, and so we went back to the same theatre where we were. Which venue was it? Theatre St Catherine. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah such a good venue. We went in and the tech was the same, and he's like, "Oh my god, I know you two. Oh, like we hadn't yes. been there, so it was so <laughs> lovely to be like." Oh, we've done this and we know this. It was really, really nice. And loads of our friends from Toronto were in town with uh, She the People and like lots of stand-ups and stuff that we knew from when we were starting and we were all going to do JFL together was the coolest thing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So as you said, though, if you're not anticipating doing panel games, uh, panel shows, you've done Apollo, you've done the Royal Variety, yeah. done JFL, done Melbourne. What's left? Well, someone kind of <laughs> said that to us the other day and they're like, we've done everything, haven't you? And you're like, oh God, is that so it? So that's it, you've completed We've kind of done everything. Yeah, I'm going to go and go back and work Bye-bye. on Waitrose. But what is the, you know what I mean, without that panel game thing, yeah. uh, is it, is it, what's the, what's the strategy, I suppose, in terms of, ultimately you want to, I mean, one of the things is like mention size, yeah. huge gigs. <laughs> yeah. To do that, you'll need to continue cultivate you know to tour massive yeah you're going to have to continue cultivating huge audiences so what's what are the steps for that is that more like it would be useful if i was marketing you i'd go if you could knock out another couple of viral videos yeah right yeah <laughs> we're, we're we're sort of but like don't look like you were trying to go viral yeah, yeah. it's like kind of accidental viral um, which i think yeah I we have to know. we'll just have to we'll we have to and we are just creating more things for ourselves we want mm-hmm. to write musicals and 
working on something cartoony. You need an early things. 90s film that hasn't been done yet. Oh, God. Well, no, oh, I am no. not a huge fan Actually, of no. movie musical, uh, okay. not movie musicals, films that are made into music. Right. I'm, actually, I'm not a big things. fan. And all the ones I've seen so far, except for Matilda. Which was a book rather than a musical. Yes. Uh, rather than a movie. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Um, and in a hands of dimension wouldn't have gone wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's a line. But. There are many that I've seen that I'm like, this is, I'd, I'll watch the film instead, actually, thanks. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I like original stories mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, mm. that sounds like a fun challenge. Yeah. We're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, we'll see. They take a Movie, while. Uh, To be able to write a musical is like one of my big goals. Mm-hmm. It's my big goals. I, we, I love musicals so much. Mm-hmm. I'm a massive nerd when it comes to them. So to be able to do in whatever capacity, whatever size, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really funny to write yeah. some. Well, I would yeah. love to know about how you go about writing a, a smash hit musical. <laughs> you can probably come back on the show and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, in six think. months? Or yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, typically... Uh, That's how musicals work. In our style of, yeah, doing Get things too quickly. Get it done. Oh, Moon God. Finally, Jake Donaldson says, did you experience any industry backlash or resistance from bookers to work with you after you became the face of the nationwide ads? Did people accuse you of selling out? I don't know. Not that we're next. We keep that. We Probably just happened, I guess. I can't imagine. There was someone who was like, should we, sh- should we cancel the show because of the death threats? Because they thought people would come and kill us in the venue. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I, I can see why they would be concerned. But, I mean, we wouldn't if know. If it was, then we didn't know. We weren't trying to get anything. We like we weren't trying to get anything made or anything at that point. To sure. know and you weren't really were. known to the industry at that point. No, I don't think so. We weren't. No, that was probably our yeah. first in. I think if they did, they kept it to themselves. Or they might not have wanted to book us. Like, I think there was an, you could, I don't know, no. I don't no, they they were definitely realistically that we didn't know about would it. Have been. Yeah, yeah. Alex Owen Hill says one of the things that made them so funny when I saw them live, which I couldn't really appreciate when I'd heard them before on the radio, was the effect of their deadpan delivery. Did they explore other styles of delivery before landing on this one? And what led them to their now deadpan style? <laughs> I feel question. like I should guess. Nicola, born deadpan. <laughs> My deadpan came out of absolute fear. <laughs> no, not fear. I think it just. I actually think it did come out of fear that the first shows that we did, we didn't quite know what to say to each other on stage. Mm-hmm. We knew that we we knew that we had songs to sing, and singing the songs is the easy bit. Yeah. Uh, we're naturally quite dark in personality. Mm-hmm. So that came through in the delivery of a lot of things, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the deadpan in between as well was, mm-hmm. I think it was often not being, not knowing what to say or not knowing what to do. So you just yeah. look out and be slightly, we're, we're quite weird anyway. So we just yeah. lent into the weirdness. I think also like uh, when you know musical comedy can be so twee, it can be not always... Um, that being deadpan and not being bright and bubbly with it, I think that would have been too sickly and too, where our songs are quite tight and, uh, I don't want to say the word intricate, but here we are, intricate. Like, it's, you want there to be a kind of looseness or like you don't want them to be high energy. We can't be high energy and bubbly as people because it's just too much. It's like a kid who's eating a bunch of rainbow drops where you're just like, this is too much. So being deadpan worked for us and allowed an audience to relax in the songs I think as well and know that we're not like fucking weird stage school kids who are like teeth and tits and smiles and hair in bunches and stuff like that Mm. I think yeah 
Mm-hmm. Teeth and tits and smiles. And smiles. <laughs> You've got to get the three. It's not an illustration. Go on, girls. Teeth and smiles. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> uh, Christy Shields says, what were their impressions of the Melbourne Comedy Festival last year? Did you get a chance to see some shows? And if so, who impressed you? Yes, I love yes. Melbourne so much. Yes, We're going too. back this year and I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, we've always always loved Australian clowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're huge in our the first year we were at Fringe. We found Tom Walker, yes. and he just I'd Fucking never seen anything him. like it. It was amazing. Oh and then uh, Tessa Waters was recommended from someone yes. who was a fan of Tom yes. Walker. And then we watched Demi her in, and, um, uh, glit- um, their show is called Glittery Glittery. Oh yeah, yeah. what are they called? And the, the, um, Fringe Wives Club. Fringe Wives yeah. Club. Yeah. yeah, we watched their show. They've just seen loads of different clap. I yeah. love us. I think Australian humour is brilliant. And it's, it's weird. It's Josh Glank. Josh Glank. Oh, oh so yeah. Like, I've not seen Josh Glank. I've seen his posters. So and funny. Name yeah. Good. Okay. yeah. So it felt like a bit like a comedy heaven for us because we got to see a lot of that. Kind and of the stuff. great thing is when you go there, you don't know anyone. Know. It's like Edinburgh, but you haven't I been know. to it. This is it. It <laughs> felt like going to Edinburgh for the first time where you're discovering all these people that you feel like Everyone in Australia knows who they are, but you're discovering for the first time. And it's so exciting to be going and watching people that you've never seen instead Mm. of like the kind of jadedness that you have in Edinburgh where you see you only go and see people that you know it's going to be good or someone has recommended them to you. Whereas Melbourne was just, oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, really fun month. We made loads of... We had we didn't know that many people in comedy at that point. No. So we made a lot of our now close friends in Melbourne as well. So Mm -hmm. Melbourne has a very fun place in my heart. A very fun place in my heart. Very it's a fun place. place in my heart. <laughs> it's just a load of merry-go-rounds and like circus. In my right ventricle. I often wrap up on this podcast by asking people if they're happy. Mm-hmm. Are you happy? Yeah. I think so. Not I'm all really... the time. That would be insufferable. Yeah. I think we get a good balance. I can't believe we're doing what we're doing. No. That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. I like doing what I really like doing what we do. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I. I mean, it's shit sometimes. Like any job is shit sometimes. You're, you're an idiot if you think no job is not shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the good, the high points are really fun. Yeah. What are the shit bits? New material. Yeah, <laughs> 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 new material. Uh, like the shit, you- the shit, the bits for me are when people say I didn't think I would like you. So that it's really frustrating that you often start on a on a back foot. Mm-hmm. For me, especially for musical comedy, and then again to girls doing it, it's sometimes doing like club stuff is it's just so annoying that we could have had you in the first thirty seconds if you just don't be a dick. Uh, it's uh, you see other you see audiences do it for other performers where I'm like you should have been on board from this first ten seconds. You were on board for the other person mm-hmm. who was very much the same. Why have you chosen yeah. to not do it? That really frustrates me. Um, but that's just a musical comedy thing as well. Mm-hmm of people not not liking it which yeah. is fair enough in many occasions yeah yeah that's the annoying part for me mm, i think so the other problems that comics often suffer with are things like the isolation which i guess is less of an issue for you you know touring you get to tra- travel and tour together yeah. but like um envy of other comics success which probably isn't an issue given your current, current like, success i've you had still to check do feel yeah it, i definitely had to check myself on things where you're like oh so and so got to do this thing it's like that was never going to be an option for you you can't get what what sort of thing i don't know like there are every now and again where like you'll see someone on a like a, a panel for a thing and you're like we could have done we would have been really good to be on that but i we also 
we don't talk enough. I respect that we don't talk enough in shows to give any person the confidence that we could. We know we can do it. We know that we're. I think. I mean, I'm gonna whatever. Because you're trying to convince me in this. I know. I, I know. Um, but like, we know that we're funny people, but we don't talk enough on stage because for us at the moment it was more important for our music to be good but so we can't be annoyed at not being booked at things because we have booked for those kind of things because we've not shown enough that we're capable of doing them and they're on a high enough level that no one's going to take a risk on us which is absolutely fine and makes sense but you do have to like you get angry for like not angry but for a tiny second you're like oh that sucks and then you're like you've not shown that you can do that yet you know that you can but you no one's going to book you on your word of mouth for like not word of mouth like on your word that you can do this thing but that i think is also again like the naivety of not have not having been doing it for very long that still now i can't speak for you but i still think i can run a little bit faster than i currently am walking but that's a thing that i'm like trying to level out in myself and figure out and i acknowledge it i'm like i said i'm quite self aware so i know when i'm doing it and i know when to check it or we check each other when we're doing the same thing which is quite nice. I'll be like, Nifty, you need to check yourself. And she'll be like, no, I don't. I'll wreck myself. <laughs> uh, I don't. Oh, God, that was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, I think we just balance each other. We've, even if we're both feeling the same way, I think there's that, like, we, we will argue the other side for the sake of arguing the other side. So even if we're both thinking the same thing, I will sometimes say something and you'll be like, oh, well, have you thought about this? And I know that you're on my side mm. and you're just doing it to be difficult. So we do manage to kind of balance that and check it in each other, I think. I think. If you say so, yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Flo and Joan, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to them. I really urge you to seek out, at the very least, their Amazon Prime special, if not some of their stuff online as well. Um, and remember, they are touring. Their tour starts on the 13th of January at the Soho Theatre. You can get links to all of their uh, touring dates, touring dates, tour dates from flowandjoan.com. And if you go to comedianscomedian.com slash insiders, absolutely bags of extra stuff from them, including me forcing them to analyse each other's strengths and weaknesses, which just kind of I, I just wanted to do that from the point of view partly at least of keying into that lovely sibling thing they do when they're all sweetness and light and then they disagree about something and it's quite joyous so thanks to them for coming on thanks to Angel Comedy and everyone working there for the stellar work you continue to do and also for the recording space um, thank you to uh, Lucilla and James and Barry and everyone else there thanks to Nathan Wood for editing and uploading the show the music was Rob Smouton podcast consultant was Peter Dobbing let's have a quick shout out for Asher Trelevin currently resident in Vegas because after all it was him that suggested the name to me and that is everyone oh apart from JK uh, Crossland who does the logs so thanks everyone uh, there's going to be a Christmas special coming out next week. I've got excellent episodes in the can uh, with John Kearns and Jamali Maddox, and they're going to go out fairly soon as well. But next week, because we're into official run-up to Christmas territory, uh, I've got a very special Christmas episode. And all I'm saying is, um, you'd better watch out. Uh, which would be a good place to leave it, but uh, I've got other waffly stuff to say. You listen, that that concludes the episode for now. We'll have a, a post-amble at you in just a second. But, uh, and I may even reveal the identity of the special Christmas-themed guest. Um, but uh, for now, that's everything. Yeah, come and see me on tour in the new year, comedianscomedian.com slash tour, if you'd like to come and find out me being a fine comedian. Not my words, the words of fan Cathy Sadler. Um, 
So uh, I hope you do that, and I hope you do everything else that your heart desires. Waffle at you in a second, but bye for now. Wasn't that lovely? Wasn't that a lovely interview with Flo and Joe? What a great episode. Um, and I really was, uh, I kind of, I really fell into a sort of a rabbit hole of watching their stuff. But holy hell, that Amazon Prime special is joyous. And I'm not getting any cash for saying that. It's just really good. When they start doing the, the Lady in the Woods song that we discuss in the episode, you really just go, my God, they know what they're on about. It reminded me a bit, in a completely mad way, of Scared Weird Little Guys, uh, who are an Ameri- uh, Australian double act who I believe broke up years ago. Um, but I saw them at Edinburgh and uh, I must have been like 20 or something. And I bought one of their CDs after the show and now can do all of it by heart and sing it, bits of it to my son and stuff. Even though that was years and years and years ago, it really it's one of those conversion things that I saw it and went, oh, my God, I absolutely have to be a comedian one day. I think loads of people are going to be seeing Flo and Joan and having similar conversion moments where they think, oh, yeah, you could do this with your life. I'm going to do this. Get me to the shaky egg shop. Um, so anyway, that's all of that. This, this special episode, the Christmas episode, is... Um, oh, two things. Well, I'll tell you first. So you may notice, if you listened hard uh, during the previous post but one, I mentioned the fact that I'm going to Los Angeles to go and tape uh, some stand-up on Conan. And I was thrilled with it. And then uh, my representation got in touch with me and said, no, 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 you weren't supposed to mention that yet. So I whipped it off. But obviously, the way podcasting works, anyone who had already downloaded the episode already knows. But assuming you didn't get to it before I tweaked it, you don't know. So here's me telling you. I can officially tell you now, ladies and gentlemen, it is currently Monday the 9th. And a week tomorrow, I will be in Los Angeles, California, and I will be uh, doing some live stand-up on TV for Conan O'Brien. I cannot wait. I'm so excited about it. And I really, really hope that I come back and uh, release an episode telling you exactly how well it went, rather than just brushing over it. But um, Garrett Millerick was on. There's only a very small handful of British comics have done it. Nish has done it. Sean Walsh has done it. Acast has done it. And Garrett Millerick's one went out last week, and it's a really funny set. So you'll know Garrett from this podcast and from his fabulous Edinburgh shows. Um, it's the first bit of TV he's ever done, and what a way to lose your telly virginity uh, by absolutely smashing a set on Conan. So have a suss of that. All of their stuff goes online on the Team Coco YouTube channel. Um, and I'm sure there's other sort of nefarious places you can find it as well, should you need to. But uh, check out Garrett's set. And I had a really lovely phone conversation on a late drive with Garrett as he was sort of able to go, oh, this was great. It was really great. And I was like, it's really great. I'm doing it too. It's so exciting. So every so often in your career, little things like that pop up. We've been trying to make this happen for three years worth of legal wranglings and visas and stuff like that. Um, and I absolutely cannot wait. I've been really nervous about it. I've been dithering about what I wear and everything else. And, um, oh, this was it. We we tweaked the episode. It was when Faye Tracy was telling me to snap out of it backstage at a gig because I was getting all stressed. Well, I feel now I'm, and I always think of Rob Rouse. You remember Rob in like the first 20 apps or something? Rob used the expression, when you're in the pocket. I'd never heard that expression before. And now every time I think it, I think of Rob. Um, I feel like now I'm in the pocket. And uh, I fly this Friday and I'm super excited and it's all good. So uh, (laughs) if you can't enjoy this bit, then which bit can you enjoy? 
So uh, I'm going to, like, all of my anxiety, all of my instinct is like, don't mention it ever, don't say anything about it, don't don't hex it, as if that's a real thing. Um, but actually, I'm in the pocket, and uh, I'm going to go to America and climb out of the pocket and hopefully do a tiny, I mean, it's microscopic, the set length's ridiculous. And especially when you're doing two hours on tour and you're like, oh, four and a half minutes, sure, I'll just press all the air out of that. <laughs> you know, but then, then the thing to remember as well is to not try and do it like an American. Because so many American comics have got that just, you know, 500 dynamite punchlines in in four minutes, precisely because they're aiming to get on short spots on TV. Whereas what we do is different. And it would be so easy for me to start thinking, oh, God, I don't have enough jokes. and I, I spend nine seconds saying hello. Um, apologies, Jeffinism. Um, but uh, it's really I just can't wait. I'm super excited about it and I'm thrilled to be telling you about it and hopefully we will hear me either it'll go brilliantly that I just kind of quickly go and that was great here's the link or it'll go so badly that we get a really solid 20 minute post amble and I do a recording afterwards in which I'm crying in the bathroom and put that on the insiders club like I did with the world's worst gig ever last year which you'll know if you're in the gang. Um, that's everything for now. Uh, this one has been uh, quite long and rambling, but I've enjoyed it enormously. And uh, we put our Christmas tree up. And so that was it. That's it. We've put our Christmas tree up. And so I can tell you now that we're officially in the Christmas period, um, the Christmas special episode this year is with Santa. More specifically, my friend Herbie, who I've known for 25 years and is a phenomenal clown, street performer. And uh, I mean, I can't really call him a magician, juggler or circus performer because he's terrible at all of those things. Um, but, you know, unashamedly, but he just gets the magic, the theatery bit, the bit where just you're transported to somewhere else. He just gets that. He's just it's just in his bones. And he's so funny. And he has started this year for the first time being Santa at a, you know, at, at a Santa engagement in a shopping centre somewhere. I won't identify the location. Um, and we talk about what it means to him to be Santa, some of his experiences of doing a hundred three minute gigs in a day and some of the things that are more or less important to him. And then we turn it into a wider chat about uh, the art of street performing, the art of clowning, risk. I've referred to, I've alluded to uh, one of Herbie's escapades in the pod before. I think when uh, Herbie and two other people temporarily, they sort of borrowed a bin lorry uh, during a street show in Edinburgh. And uh, he tells that story. And we also talk about the some of the downsides of risk. It's it's a scorching episode, and uh, and it's all tied neatly together with some really uh, uplifting and and joyous stuff about Santa and what Father Christmas or Santa Claus uh, means to people, and how you sort of take on the mantle of it. And uh, for for the kids involved, it's real, and it's and it's really real, and it's very special. It's a very special episode. I can't wait to bring it to you. So that is going to go out uh, next week, and then we've got Kearns, we've got Jamali. I'm meeting someone else brilliant today, who I will tell you about when they are in the can, and I've got plenty more exciting ones to come. So thanks for listening, and that'll do me for now. Bye, see, bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 